Hi, I'm Jameson Price, and you're listening to Two Dads and a Podcast. You've heard me before as the English voice of Sojuro Sakura, as Ryder, Bane Bloodhoof, and uh, the announcer in Mortal Kombat. You know, when I was young. Ooh, boy. Welcome to Two Dads and a Podcast. Which I will not ruin. I mean, you're here. So I do what I can. Do what I can. So as you can hear this week, I've lost my voice again. Woo! Yeah, that is a victory for everybody. Um. So I I can I can do deep announcer style voices. Nobody's asking you to though. No, Just, nobody nobody is. But this is how it's going to be this week. This is all saying. I'm going. This is how I'm going to sound for the entirety of this podcast. Okay, maybe not the entirety of this podcast because this intro is pretty much the entirety of me talking. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cut straight to in, in another uh, installment. Do we want to call that installment? Yeah, yeah. We, of our we can, interview series. Why yes. don't you tell them what we got in store today? This week in the Two Dads in a Podcast interview series. <laughs> I can't even keep a straight fucking face. Sounds like you're dying over there. Uh, I mean, maybe I am. (laughs) Um, This week we have Jameson Price. This man is, you know, I'm pretending like I have a deep, sultry voice. This man, this man has it. And I didn't want to make things awkward by, by telling him his voice was quite sultry, but you did anyway. I did anyway. <laughs> I, I tend to do that. You know? No. I'm not, you know, I, I never claim to be an interviewer. I'm just a guy <laughs> who likes to talk with other people. But this man has been the voice of so many. He's in not just voice acting. He, he does on-screen stuff or he did on-screen stuff. Uh, he's done video games. He's done anime. He's done Western. He's done everything in between. You know, some of his big roles is he's, uh, what is it, Bane Bloodhoof in World of Warcraft. He was Dreyfus in Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, Sojiro Sakura in Persona 5. Uh, he was Chad in Bleach. He, at one point, even got to voice Giovanni in the one of the <laughs> Pokemon web series, which Pokemon. was freaking awesome. Uh, he's Ryder and I believe, Fate Zero. It's it, so many, so many different characters this, this that I haven't even scratched it. He's, much. he's <laughs> getting close to 500 credits on IMDb. Right. And I mean, that blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's catching up to some, some people who have been in the business a lot longer than he has. I absolutely love to see it. So to save my voice and to let you guys actually listen to it. Here we go. Our interview with Jameson Price. Welcome to, Thank you. to Two Dads and a Podcast. Two Dads and a Jameson. Make it three dads. Today. Yeah, Never. three dads and a podcast. <laughs> we, we've got our new regular here, guys. Excellent. <laughs> uh, this is kind of, um, we were trying to, you know, always come up with uh, questions more that aren't being asked and because we know a lot about what you've done. We know a lot about the voiceover work and stuff. I, you know, I saw the Patriot when I was, <laughs> um, 
that historical film, yes. <laughs> I heard it was accurate. In, in, in history classes. I'm like, wait a second. I mean, <laughs> there's historical accuracy and there's historical accuracy. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess more along the lines of what, what is it you personally geek out for in your, in your day-to-day life? Oh, um, well, I'm a big sci-fi nut, so that's my kind of go-to. I uh, grew up reading Clark nice. and Heinlein and Asimov, and uh, you know now we have really, really good streaming content. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime have been a, a godsend. And, and oh, especially HBO the last Max. couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the stuff that's coming out and the production quality that's yeah. coming out mm-hmm. uh, has been just phenomenal and a joy. You know, I, I seem to remember growing up when you didn't have streaming and <laughs> the big seasons were spring and fall. And I never really understood that because it was wintertime. You're trapped in the house. Yeah. And, like yeah. Disney Plus <laughs> seems to really understand that because Disney Plus has been releasing all everything stuff in winter months. Wintertime. Yeah, it's great. I, I appreciate that so much. <laughs> yeah. But now now we're so stuck inside, though, not just because of winter that we binge it all in like one weekend. And it's like, all right, what am I watching now? Yeah, I have still <laughs> um, I'm rationing the end of the expanse. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of giving myself a little taste every now and then to go, oh, yes, that universe still exists. <laughs> um, I was never one for rereading books much, although, mm-hmm. okay, Lord of the Rings, you can reread every, you know. Oh, yeah. oh a man of my own heart. <laughs> oh, but um, I, I should, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. Oh, cool. Oh, I finish, sorry. I finish a book <laughs> and then I, I don't want to read it again. My sister used to be able to read over and over again. I'm like, how do you, I already know the ending. Because when I'm reading, <laughs> I get so involved. Uh, I mean, the world disappears. I go, you know, into that world of the book, and that's that exists for me um, in a very visceral way. I got. I remember getting in trouble in like fourth or fifth grade because uh, in school I would be reading books, and they thought, "Oh, he's reading great." But I would go. I'd look up. All of a sudden, we're in math. I'm like, "Whoa, what happened?" <laughs> <laughs> An hour went by. I was just lost to the world. Time traveling. No, I, I like that. You mentioning Lord of the Rings, sorry. We're both huge like Lord of the Rings uh, nerds. Super sure. excited about the Amazon Prime announcement. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and like looking up the behind the scenes of how they made that with an actual forge and everything was amazing. Yeah. But I have uh, an entire shelf right here oh, of God. Lord of the Rings Funko Pops. And yeah. I've got... <laughs> five different copies of the book. Didn't you um, get a new one for this, this yeah, year? For yeah. Christmas? For Christmas. My, my wife got Aww. me, uh, this one, it's the, uh, here, I'll turn off my light. Ton of glare there. Yeah. there we go. <laughs> um, the illustrated edition. So it's illust- all the illustrations oh. of the, of Tolkien. Um, and I love yeah. the cover and the binding has the beautiful, the Elvish on it. Oh man, I was so excited when she got that for me and she was so concerned. She was like, is he going to be bothered that he has five copies now? I was like, no, I've been telling people I have five copies for years and and apparently I only have four. Oops. (laughs) Can't have enough copies of Lord of the Rings. No, no. I I I love it. I don't read as much um, now. I I used to work on a dock and, you know, sitting on a forklift reading constantly. Now... um, I'm, I'm working in an office on a computer. I don't read as much, yeah. but I love going through 
the old books. We have, we have like half price books here, which is just, uh, oh, yeah. books, you know, wall to wall. And they have their old book section, and it's just these li- rare limited editions of mm-hmm. of the Iliad or or uh. all sorts of uh, Lord of the Rings, and it's just so. I get, I only have so much money to yeah. spend. <laughs> well, I used to um, pre pandemic uh, go thrifting, and you'd find the occasional yeah. bit of gold in uh, glassware or something boots or something but i'd always make sure to go look at the books because people get rid of them and i've found some really good reads just oh yeah oh yeah yeah. um books records i those are ones that especially at a thrift store they don't seem to uh know what the records values are but but that's the thing that sucks about smartphones is now you're you're one (laughs) click away from finding out how much exactly something is well We've talked about we've talked about literature. I, I want to know what what kind of music are you really into? Because we're really into oh, pretty eclectic. Um, That's always a good thing. Yeah, good. Um, gosh, uh, love a good Celtic fusion. Um, oh, nice. Uh, my daughter did she introduce me to Cat Empire? I don't know if it's my daughter or if I introduced her to the Cat Empire, but um, <laughs> the Cat Empire, the ska band, um, yeah. Australia, real favorites. Um, got to see them in London, which is really kind of cool. Oh, but, nice. Uh, but they, uh, I just love, I mean, it's just great beat, energetic, fun stuff. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I enjoy a good, um, you know, relaxation, uh, Carlos Nakai, Native American flute stuff. Uh, for chilling and doing yeah. a little bit of uh, meditation. Winding down. Winding down. Um, Spotify has been great just because you can put stuff in and then more things come out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, man. Spotify is great, especially like when they give you like the end of the year thing. Oh, yes. Where yeah. And then they give you recommendations off of that. And you're just always finding new music, yeah. always finding new stuff. And I love it. Making a playlist, and they're like, "Hey, consider these." You're like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> <laughs> a good stuff. It's, it's no, I l- so, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, you know, a little bit of classical here and there. Um, yeah. I've worked for various symphonies and operas, and so there's a little bit of. I have an appreciation for that, um, but it's not a real go-to. Gotcha. Uh, jazz. Uh, my dad was really into jazz, uh, so I got a little bit of education in Miles Davis and. Nice and everybody. So uh, that's also Groove Back is a big favorite in Mm -hmm. in the household here. Um, Glenn Miller. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I I actually have a a stack of vinyls that my neighbor gave me years ago because she, you know, she was an older lady and she was like, "I just, I'm not using them. I want to give them to somebody who would appreciate it." And I walked out with like a stack this tall of vinyls of old jazz and Disney and all kinds of stuff. It was really cool. What, what kind of stuff were you doing when you were working for the, the symphonies and stuff? Oh, um, my, uh, I've always been kind of in theater, uh, and rather quickly learned that while actors will work for free, technicians always get paid. So, oh, yeah. um, I transitioned <laughs> out of restaurant work as a subsistence gig for my active, my acting laugh, lifestyle, um, because restaurant work 
although it was enjoyable and I learned how to cook out of it, uh, is rough. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, you gypsy from one job to another because you've called in too late or called in too many times because you have an audition or something. Uh, but anyway, tech theater, uh, I started to do that. And I've done some of that in, in college and learned mm-hmm. uh, enough skills that it stood me in, in good stead and um, developed quite a career as a stage technician, um, building sets, nice. uh, electrics, running lights, um, learned sound, uh, stage management, production management. <laughs> so um, I was working uh, as the stage supervisor at the John Anson Ford Amphitheater in Hollywood. Uh, it's an outdoor amphitheater, um, roadhouse, basically. We, don't, we didn't uh, really cool, produce cool. anything inside, but uh, a lot of L.A. County artists would come and do stuff there, but then we'd also bring in, in people. So I worked with a lot of different um, symphonies that would come in and use the space because it was acoustically just beautiful. So, I, I, yeah, I'd do work for symphonies and setting them up, um, assisting and micing them. I'm not a mixer, but I'm a good A2 or Audio 2 technician to help the main people. Nice. Uh, and then nice. I you know, learned how to hang lights and take apart instruments and clean them and rig, climb around in a harness and in trucks. <laughs> Try to keep young that way. Oh. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. Um, theater is a, it's such a collaborative effort, a team effort. Um, the technician end of it is often very thankless because you never see them, or at least you're not supposed to. Right. Uh, and yeah. you only know of them if something goes wrong. So when <laughs> the whole thing runs smoothly, people are like, oh, that was a really nice show. Um, and you don't know. I mean, the artists, the performers are out there performing their little hearts out, and but the, way, the only way you can hear them and see them <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy the sets that they're on are because of the technicians. And, uh, and so I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, saw a whole lot of really good bands from the side of the stage. I never got to see them. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'd be off to the side. Uh, Proko Harum was a, a, a wonderful, crazy event at the, at the Ford Amphitheater. A rainstorm came flying in, and our, our production manager at the time was like, the cell is you know, 10 minutes away. They've got to play wider, sh- pale, pale, wider Shade of Pale now. <laughs> I'm running over to the tour manager going, this is what's going on. Can you get, you know, like, yeah, okay, cool. And then they go into it and the, oh, I can't remember his name. Long white hair, Hammond B. Orchestra, uh, organ. He's going into it. The wind is picking up. Sheet music is flying all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> the drummer's hitting stuff, and this raindrops are flying everywhere. That was amazing. And they finished this, that song and ran off before they got electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> Rainstorms are bad for electricity. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I've I played in the rain a few times. Um, not not great. No. Not great. <laughs> Now, when those cables start going underwater, you're like, oh. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a blast. Are there, uh, what, what's probably the worst job you've ever had to do? Telemarketing. Telemarketing. I got, a, I got this great voice. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, that's been kind of after the restaurant work, um, that was in like, ooh, there's something I can do there. Except from a psychological point of view, my mother hates telemarketers. <laughs> so I grew yeah. up when that started to happen with her, not a woman given to cursing, uh, 
was pretty pissed off yeah. <laughs> the marketers. And all of a sudden, I'm working as one. And it's like, oh, God. And then you're having to cold call. And I wasn't even doing, um, like, people, people. I was working for a bank. And so it was calling other banks and trying to get a, an appointment for our bank people to see their bank people. Uh, it was horrible. I'm not good at it. I'm not a salesperson. Um, though I have a pleasant voice. I'll, I'll take no for an answer, and that's not good for a salesperson. No, that's not. That's, <laughs> that's the complete <laughs> opposite of yeah. what you're supposed to do. Never did Glenn Gary, Glenn, Glenn Ross. The uh, always. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was probably the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, very sedentary because you're sitting there on telephones all day long. So I gained weight. I was unpleasant to be with, and after. Mm, Maybe six months, maybe less. Uh, my wife, who had begged me to get a job because the acting stuff wasn't coming in steadily mm -hmm. enough. Like, You've got to get some money coming in. Um, she went, please stop. Just quit. <laughs> you're, you're obviously unhappy. You're making us unhappy. Uh, and serendipity being what it was, uh, within a week or two, um, the Ford Amphitheater had called because the general manager knew my wife from school and she was busy with a real job, but I wasn't. And so I got hired <laughs> and began a 22 year long career with them. Uh, oh, nice. Very nice. Oh, I lost which question I was going to ask. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> I've, I've got the list of backup questions. I mean, I have, I have a list of questions, but We're very going prepared. from that, talking, you know, just it. randomly asking, oh, wh what's your favorite video game? Wouldn't probably <laughs> work out. We're very prepared. I Google searched a list of backup questions, such okay. as, are you more a hunter or gatherer? Or if uh, you had to describe the color yellow to a blind person, how would you describe it? So we're prepared. Wow. <laughs> if, if we get lost. That's a rough one. Describe <laughs> the color yellow. I, I don't know how I would do that. <laughs> I, I don't know how I would either. That's yeah. We're I getting mean, into some philosophical. It, it, it's happy. <laughs> it has it has energy to it. You know that kind of thing. But I'd end up describing things that they also couldn't see. Like it's exactly. like the show The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, you'd go to that and like, oh yeah, our our visual um, sense is is so ingrained in in what we. How we think, oh, yeah. how we talk, it's it's crazy. So yeah, you start you lose a sense, and all of a sudden, how to how to describe things gone, right? At least well, in that regard. Okay, I I I, I, I don't know necessarily that I remember it, but I've got a question that we always like to to ask people: is you know who was one of the first people that you met that you really geeked out for in this profession? Or even, you know, when you work in as, you know, uh, a stage tech. Oh, wow. I don't geek out over people. Uh, it's interesting. I'm trying to think. I mean, because I worked with Mel Gibson on, on The Patriot. Uh, that was pretty big. Um, uh, Jackson Brown was at the Ford. That was, you know, okay, hey, it's Jackson Brown. Um, uh, wow, I don't, I don't tend to geek out over people. Uh, I can understand that. that that's it, fair. It, it's a very interesting because, okay, because I've had some <clears throat> celebrity of my own um, doing shows and being the lead actor and yeah. 
you know, being mobbed after the performance and and that kind of uh, stop gushing, please. Uh, you know, <laughs> on one level, it's nice, but my ego doesn't survive on that. That's not how I define my self worth. So, so it becomes uncomfortable that kind of attention. Um, so, if I meet somebody who's a celebrity, I don't tend to give them that. I give them you're a normal person and relate to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. as, as a human being, which I find celebrities appreciate more than right. speaking yeah. out over them. Uh, so, because uh, as, a, as an A2, I've had to mic people. Um, and if you're putting a lavalier mic down a woman's skirt or dress, or, <laughs> yeah, you get pretty intimate with some you know, pretty well-known people. And it's like, oh, excuse me. Yeah, my hands are cold, sorry. Uh, or... <laughs> <laughs> you take this microphone and place it, you know, uh, <laughs> because you got to run that thing so it's not seen. Uh, mm -hmm. So I've been, yeah, up and clo up close and personal with a lot of people uh, of celebrity status, but it isn't um, the whole geeking out thing. Uh, yeah, just never happens for me. Isn't that uh, a right sort of now? like a coolness that you have, like mellow pretty personality that you got? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty chill. I'm not terribly um, high strung. Uh, See, I I like that because that's that's you know <laughs> as somebody who hasn't necessarily worked with but have met you know you know quite a few voice actors through our our podcast like this yeah. and and a few people in real life. Um, that's one thing that I've always tried to do is they're people. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, they're a person trying to live their lives. I'm not going to, you know, gush over. Oh my God, will you give me an autograph? You know, um, <laughs> yeah, like I got selfies, the, you know, especially for a voice actor, um, because Mortal Kombat's big, and so people geek out over that big time, and all of a sudden it's like, I've got to do a little voice message for their friends, or, you know, <laughs> like, you know okay. So you, you give it as much as you can, because you want to be kind to people. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, that can be a little, <laughs> it can be a little much. <laughs> like, I, I think the, the three that come to mind that I've met, uh, I read, met, uh, Reggie Philome, the ex president of Nintendo America. Oh yeah. Um, I okay. met him at a work convention at the same work convention. Uh, uh, Chris Sabat was there. So I got ah. to meet him. Yeah. Um, and then while working actually at retail at, at the store, it was a game store. Um, LeBron James just walks in with his family and he's, you know, <laughs> coming in, he bought, I sold him Batman and a strategy guide. And, you know, I just chatted with him about Batman. One of my employees, I actually kind of had to like, Hey, calm, calm down a little bit. And yeah. <laughs> cause she was like, Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> freaking out. And, um, but luckily he was with his family and his wife, man, she was on it immediately. As soon as my, co my, uh, employee started like gushing, she was, she immediately tied her up in conversation. So, so yeah. it was really funny, like watching that work, watching, man, she was just buffer, on sure. it. You yep. know, she deserves a paycheck for that alone. Well, and that may be partly, partly, partially why, um, why I don't geek out is especially as a technician in theater. Um, that's really frowned upon. Uh, so, and then I've been the supervisor. So I've been the one talking to my techs going, don't, don't do that. You know, you know <laughs> treat them as normal people. So I've been the one kind of policing that. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so it's very much ingrained in my, my, my psyche not to do that to people because 
um, you know, that's usually a specific request by those celebrities when they come in. It's like, you know, they'll, hey. they make arrangements for, okay, we'll, I'll do some signing of autographs or whatever or something like that, but it's a set time and it's a set thing. You know, mm-hmm. Right, right. Don't bug me while I'm working. <laughs> well, that's that's just it. You know, a lot of people don't don't really connect the two. That yes, these are really well known people. They do a lot of stuff, but this is their job. This is what they're getting paid yeah. for. You know, or if so, they're out retail or they're, they're shopping or something. Yeah, they're just trying to be a per- yeah. person. They're when buying we were video games. Patriot, <laughs> we were in a small town in North Carolina. No. South Carolina, north part of South Carolina. Anyway, we're in a relatively small town, um, and Mel couldn't go anywhere. Right. Anywhere he went, <laughs> mobbed. So it was a real, you know, whew, don't want to ever have that kind of, of, of celebrity in this because his lack of privacy and his lack of being able to do anything without yeah. having guards around him, he couldn't. And I mean, that's, like, that's yeah. not a life. That's that's my bread and butter. I love going places and doing stuff. Now, it's nice to have a, a certain anonymity. Uh, yeah. Although, I was actually just going to ask, like, is that yeah. why you, you know, do a lot of voice acting well, over no. on screen? Or? I, I started it's, off. Have you, have you heard him talk? It's because of his voice. That's why <laughs> I do voice acting. No, no, I, I started <laughs> off on the stage doing, you know, legitimate stage th- on the boards. Uh, and was I did a bunch of regional theater outdoor dramas and stuff and uh, ended up going okay it's time to go back to school and get my grad degree and I looked at different schools and ended up coming out here to Long Beach because it was of its proximity to LA I'm like I'm right there I'd rather be in LA than New York I visited New York and it was like eh, it was dirty and noisy and didn't like the vibe there and I'm a native Californian anyway so anyway right. Ended up down here in Southern California. I mean, of course, it's film and TV is what you want to go for down here um, or over here, wherever. Uh, so <laughs> I had, had had a lot of success as a stage actor. Um, and then that, sometimes that doesn't transition well into, into camera work. Yeah, it's a, it's a different. Exactly it's a why. very different dynamic. Like, it's all acting, though. It's <laughs> Voice acting, acting on stage and acting on camera is all the same foundation core core yeah but there are nuances and i couldn't pick up the nuances for on-camera work uh the way i had for for stage work so i had limited <clears throat> limited success uh on camera and i done a, i did a few tv shows did a few movies um but i was working on a show um in long beach Oh, and I, I think I saw in, uh, Dorothy Fawn. You've you've interviewed yeah, her yeah. Uh, end of last year or end of twenty twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorothy was my leading lady in it, and uh, oh, and nice. That, that was like okay, I graduated ninety five from grad school, and she said that she and her husband Tom were doing anime, and and she thought that I might be good at it. Turned out she was right. So she <laughs> introduced me to a studio, got me a foot in the door. Uh, and you know, here I was with my MFA going, okay. And they're like, okay, let's uh, have you do uh, man D guard C. And I was doing little tiny bits and pieces and doing Walla stuff, which is just background yeah. mm-hmm. know, noise, but it's, it's all to fill the world of the, the audio scheme scape. Uh, but I was like, okay, 
whatever you want me to do. I didn't go, I have my MFA. You should be doing lead roles. Uh, I was very patient and just kind of sponged and absorbed whatever they could teach me and uh, throw my way. And then within a year or two, I was doing major roles. And it just kind of exploded exponentially from that. What I discovered then, when you do on-camera work, they say, okay, come in and you're going to, your arrival time's 5 a.m. And then you're going to go, uh, you know, check in here and then you're going to go in hair and makeup and you're going to do this and you're going to do that, uh, that. And then we'll have lunch and then uh, we'll shoot you around, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon. And then you'll wrap around 10 p.m. and head home at 11. And you're like, uh, yeah. that's a little brutal. So you do a lot of time. Okay. It's a full, full on day. You spend a lot of time sitting in your trailer. Um, or you can go and watch, and I would try to do that just to kind of learn and see what was going on. Um, but yeah, it's a long, brutal day. When you do voiceover, they say, <clears throat> when are you available? And you say, <laughs> eh, eh, eh. and I go, oh, great. We'd like to have you on this day from this time to this time. And you get paid the same. So I quickly learned that voiceover was, oh, this is nice. And you see a lot of celebrities um, now, and uh, just under celebrities, the B-lists as well, uh, who are going, oh, this is great. I can get paid <laughs> a day's wage or more, because they have now, they have names, uh, and work for a whole lot less time. I, during the Patriot, my, um, well, my daughter was born in 95, uh, so... Patriot was 99, so she was four. Uh, and I was off for like two and a half months on that film. Um, I was, and I was auditioning all the time. There's, I missed a, a major portion of my daughter's early childhood. Um, yeah. And I found that to be dissatisfying in some ways. Um, I wanted to be there more. Um, I wanted to be a very present dad. My dad was traditional, go off to work, and we'd see him six o'clock when he got home. Right, uh, right. So when my son was born, 2003, uh, there was, that was really when uh, the whole video game market was, the, 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 the memory storage was growing beyond oh, yeah. exponentially. And all of a sudden they're like, we've got all this storage. We can have more than just grunts and... and <laughs> yeah. uh, we want to have actual dialogue. And so they had to kind of go beyond <clears throat> the pool of engineers where, where they had going, ugh. Uh, right, right. They turned to the anime dubbing world. Um, not too sure why, but thankful they did. Yeah, so We are too. <laughs> we all made a good transition out of, or not out of, we still do some dubbing. Um, and at that time, a lot of the piracy was happening too. So, I mean, yeah. there were companies going down all over the place and studios were like, eh, we can't keep up. Uh, so anyway, video games took off. And um, that became, wow, very much, I can, I can work from 10 to 2 because I have to drop my son off and I have to pick him up after school. And that worked out beautifully. So I really dove headfirst into, into voiceover at that point. And it's pretty much been growing steadily ever since, which is great. So, well, uh, you, with, with your theater background, what's your favorite production to act in and what's your favorite production to watch? Ooh, uh, favorite productions to act in is probably Shakespeare. Um, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty that, typical. I mean, yeah, we've had that a few times. <laughs> that's that writing. 
I mean, it's it's the whole, you know, and, and we have such the vague historical background of, did Shakespeare actually write Shakespeare? Right. Um, <laughs> and, and we'll never know. Uh, but the writing... I love I loved Dr. Hughes' explanation uh, of Shakespeare. <laughs> that was a great episode. Yeah. But right, the writing is just is so much fun. It's all there, there, mm-hmm. and there's so much more. There's it's all there, and yet there's so many more things to find in it. Um, as as you work on Shakespeare, as you come back to the plays over and over again. So I think that's my favorite th- play to do. Right. Uh, and then to watch. I mean, I, I, I poo-pooed mu- musicals for many, many years. Um, <laughs> I still kind of do. Well, um, then I had to do them. And I was like, ooh, this is well, hard. You mean I have to act and sing and dance? <laughs> don't get me wrong. We <laughs> loved crazy. doing musicals. We yep. did a ton of musicals. I, was, I just don't, I don't like watching them as much. Uh, but yeah, so for, for me, I mean, Les Mis was a huge, like, wow. Uh, Hamilton, bigger wow. Oh, man, Hamilton was so good. Um, so th- those are such a joy to watch. Um, but then things like, uh, come from away was just phenomenal. Um, where, I mean, theater can be so transformative and so, uh, so f- effective. Um, so I, I mean, I love the cathartic experience of theater and the yeah. being touched by what's happening on stage. I know they're actors. I can. I know what the lighting is going. I know the audio, and I can still be transported and taken mm-hmm. to a different time and place, and and yeah, and learn and 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 grow and and, and feel. So well, that's I, I love that in live theater. There's just that uh, energy exchange between yeah. performer and audience. That's oh yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I did theater all the way from middle school through uh, my first semester in college. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to continue. We, we with did college. a musical together where we, we did. held hands uh, and uh, uh, almost, it was almost uh, almost kissed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny story with that. I don't know that we've ever told this story to anybody <laughs> on the podcast. So we did uh, Into the Woods, but it was you know yeah. the junior version. So it was only the yes. first yeah. act. Right. And I, I was obviously I was Prince Charming and That's, I was Rapunzel's prince. And so during the whole agony scene, yeah. you know, there's that whole <laughs> dynamic going back and forth. So we but at the end of the song, they're both so engulfed in their own pain their own thing going on so him and i came up with this idea of at the end of it we drop down to our knees and hold our hands out for that last long hold and we end up holding hands (laughs) because of (laughs) man it was such a hit with the whole crowd it was so great because you know as soon as the music was over it was the whole like yes I found he he kept performing on stage. I found my way into the pit. I much preferred saxophone. Yeah, he was playing the music uh, guitar. I was I was so. up on stage. Uh, it it was a lot of fun. I I wish that I I had continued it, but you know the life happens and a lot of stuff kind of does. You know, takes priority. And Ohio's kind of not. Yeah, Ohio's not really a an acting <laughs> state. So <laughs> that's true. It a lot of corn. We have corn. Yep. Yep. Well, well so getting into all the roles that you've done, you've you've done quite a few, uh, you know, anime, video games, on screen. I don't everything. know if you know this about yourself, but yeah, but your, your credits list <laughs> is 
We I'm consider printing off on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. we consider I printing off up. what you haven't done yet. <laughs> I'm chasing Epcar. <laughs> uh, nice. But if you had to get stuck in one of the voices you've done that isn't just you, your voice, what voice would you want to get stuck in? If I got stuck in a voice, well, I mean, they're all aspects of my voice, of course. Um, I mean, Sojuro, but that's pretty much me, just a little <laughs> tired. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm tired, Dad, so I relate to him so yeah. much. <laughs> uh, and uh, Gonkatsuo, the, the Count of Monte Cristo, um, was, again, me, but, but there's a deliciousness to him uh, that was kind of fun. <laughs> the one that was, I guess, kind of out of my normal speech um, writer just because his joy of life his exuberance um and it's it's you know i'm pretty chill he's not chill at all <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh that kind of bit of a bull in the china shop and just but just yeah. his joy of life is is wonderful for me so i would i guess pick writer so i guess we're like going into like fantasy land questions Uh-oh. now all right um <laughs> If you had to be stuck in a universe that's not our own, which universe would so, you want to be? Kind of flipping the question, in? not stuck in the voice, you get teleported to the world. It to does not world. have like, to be something you've, middle, you've played in. Middle Earth, Star Wars, uh, Pokemon. Oh, wow. There's so many fun worlds. <laughs> I know. There are a lot of dangerous ones, too. Well, that's you know. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings, right? Great. Oh, maybe not so great. Yeah. Um, that's dangerous. Right. Do you like uh, dysentery? Because you're going to have dysentery. Right. Um, <laughs> gosh. And Star Wars, but again, dangerous. There's, you know, awful people running around trying to do things to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and randomly, your planet might explode. Randomly, your planet. <laughs> Uh, the Marvel Universe would be really cool, except, again, danger, aliens. Especially well, if you my, live with, in with, a big with, city. With my yeah. luck, I would be stuck there, and I wouldn't have any superpowers. <laughs> I, I would just... <laughs> it would just be your your normal yeah. life, except now I there's walk, giant aliens attacking. I would walk out to start my car up, and it would just be crushed. And I wouldn't know why. Why? What's going on? <laughs> uh, I would... I would say the Star Trek Universe. Nice. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah, I like that. When I look at, I mean, I watched the original series when I was growing up, <laughs> but the whole Star Trek arc and what Roddenberry was going for, yeah, um, was fair and equal, and was a civil society and inclusion, and so, God, it was such a, oh my, can we just live there? Kind of feeling <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, yeah, there was trouble and strife and things, but you got to for entertainment. You got to have some conflict, (laughs) but the the society in general seemed to be more peaceful, more intelligent, more inclusive, more evolved. And right, right, it it was a very progressive show in an era where progressive wasn't 
scene oh, yeah. the way it is now. And oh. I think that's why Star Trek still holds up today. Not necessarily, you know, especially the originals. They're, it's a little hard to watch nowadays with all the special effects we're used to. But there, it, the, the concept and the overlying plot and the story and the characters are so relatable now. Yep. E- even still and yeah i like that answer that's a good one oh yeah that's, that's for me i think if that universe i could i could be okay living there oh, i would yeah. enjoy living in a lot of the other ones but it will depend if you're this <laughs> if, yeah, you're if a- i have <laughs> the powers or not <laughs> yes. we'll just vacation at some of the other ones uh, um, yeah yeah now if you could pick a superpower mm. have you thought about this one of course we've all talked okay. we've all talked about what superpower <laughs> Um, invisibility was big on my list for a long time. Um, and, and super strength, uh, but I think a consistent one for me has been flying. Yeah. I would really dig flying and just, I I think we're going to get along for, for a while here. (laughs) I think that was my pick of, I mean, when you look at the, what was it? The overview effect the astronauts have, they get up there and they go, Oh shit. We're, we're all on that. (laughs) Yeah. That's where we live, <laughs> and look at all this other stuff that's not not hospitable and not inhabitable. Um, so yeah, that that the perspective I think that you get uh, just back a little bit and flying over it all, um, and also then you wouldn't have to worry about heights. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't have sure. to worry about heights. You don't have to worry about driving in your your oh, California yeah, no, traffic, right? No, <laughs> you. you know. You just, hey, I want to go to, you know, I don't know. I want to go to Italy this weekend. Sure. You know, you just zoom over there. Bring a snack. (laughs) I mean, teleporting would be good because it would be instantaneous. But I like the journey. Watch out for new buildings. If they built something, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be way able to filter that out. (laughs) What is your, like, craziest on-the-job moment that you've ever had? go on i mean one of the most kind of crazy and cool things i guess uh and more from a technical point of view um we had a couple of different but this was the first concert um it was a lost uh concert uh, michael giacchini and, and uh, the session musicians came and they had like the parts of the airplane and stuff that they were playing for the soundtrack so he did um the music of, of Lost, but we had a screen up and we were showing uh, episodes of Lost while they were playing. So it was all oh, cool. created and all together. It was very cool. Yeah. Okay. So a storm came in. Always now, with these storms. Yeah, a storm. <laughs> You're outside. And that's the thing people don't get. <laughs> Rain, wind. Uh, so a, a storm was coming in and... When the screen was brought in, now, mind you, the stage is full of musicians. Yeah. Important musicians. <laughs> Western musicians. From, these are all really cool cats and people who work all the time and they're like top of their game and Michael Giacchini. The guy who brought, brings in the screen, it's non-perforated, which means there's no holes in it. Which oh. It's not a screen, it's a sail. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So we go... Okay, we got to do you know, and he's like, "Oh, I've, I've got uh, two tons of weight on 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 each pillar." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you know what the force is that's going to hit the? Have you done the math? And of course he hadn't. 
So we, uh, we roped off the top points on the screen. So those were triangulated 45 degrees north of, of front and back so that to keep the screen steady. So the wind came, and the way that the wind was going, because it's a canyon, basically. So the wind came this way, hit the back of the hill, and swooped this way. Oh, yeah. So here's the screen, here's the orchestra, and it's doing this. Oh, no. <laughs> and you're like, uh, it's not getting there, but it's getting close. And it was really scary. Um, and this is going on. And so this is happening. We ended up having to go out, and we loosened the bottom <clears throat> points on either side of the screen and let it sail. But we had to tie it off. So we sat there on the hillside behind, and we took turns because it was a long concert. So everybody got it on the, on the crew, basically got a turn to sit there holding a line on either side, and the wind would come and blow, and we'd let it go. <laughs> and we'd pull it back in, and we'd let it go, and we'd pull it back in. Um, and it worked. And it went like this way over their heads, not this way over their heads. So uh, that was a crazy crazy moment um that we salvaged it worked uh and the whole storm idea was great for lost it worked it worked beautifully. it was just a little terrifying for the technicians it's themed this is <laughs> yeah. a... it was very themed exactly i'm going to take one of his questions that he usually asks hmm. and it's do you like the sound of your own voice oh like is a hard word um because nobody really likes the sound of their voice. Uh, See, this is why I asked the question, because I believe that same exact sentiment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you have that in your head. <laughs> oh, I sound like this. And then you hear it back and you go, oh, I sound like that. <laughs> so there's a huge um, mismatch and dichotomy between um, perception and reality. Right. Our own voices. The thing about an actor on camera or voice is that you have to get past that. Right. Uh, for on camera, you've got to get past looking at yourself and going, oh, look at my hands. Oh, God, what am I doing with my face? Uh, you have to let that go. Voice-wise, you have to let go of, I sound like that? And listen to, did I mean that? Am I communicating the story effectively? And, and, and am I being true to the character? So you start listening for different things. Uh, but it is, it's a process of getting inured to it and to go and, and to, to let it go. And to right. focus on the things that matter. Because mm -hmm. whether or not you like your voice doesn't matter if you're being hired for it. And you're like, right. okay, <laughs> now how do I give them more of what they want? So, yeah. I mean, I, I like it in that it gets me work. Um, <laughs> um, I have stopped people in their tracks talking before, which is kind of funny. Um my wife worked for the uh, the Long Beach uh, Symphony here, and at the downtown, the Terrace Theater, and pretty much any space you can find that acoustic hello place. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I was the husband, so I'm like handing out programs. Uh, and I remember finding, oh, oh, there's that spot. Okay, I will stand here. So I'm standing on the steps, and I would go program, and people would go what. <laughs> <laughs> I was in this acoustic bubble that just I, I echoed in their heads. That they were like, 
okay. I mean, <laughs> I could have manipulated them with my voice, <laughs> but it was it was crazy, and it was like one of those. Hmm, this is fun. <laughs> well, I guess since he stole one of mine, I'll steal one of his. Um, That's fair. Do, do you play any video games? Have you played any of the video games you have voiced? <sighs> One of our listeners specifically, <laughs> like he wanted this question and uh, it was specifically about the Disgaea games, if you've played those, but in general. I'm, I love video games and I love playing them and I'm terrible at them. So um, there are a lot of games that I'm in. I just have to check stuff on, on YouTube because I can't get there. God of War, I was like, I, got, I sell my first troll. Oh, hey, there. Okay, now I'm stuck. <laughs> Such a beautiful that. game, too. Um, we recently... Diablo 3, because Diablo 3... Oh, um, yeah, I like that game. There was a lot of... It was e- easier? I don't know. Uh, what I really enjoyed... Because we played Gauntlet for X on Xbox. Oh, um, man, a, I loved family. Gauntlet. And it was so much fun because all four of us um, would, you know, be on a screen and running around. And my son is, you know, four. I'm like, keep up. Come on, come on. <laughs> and Diablo 3 was in the same vein where we could all work mm-hmm. together and, and run around. Uh, so I really enjoy those kind of cooperative games. Um, my son and I, he grew up playing Halo. We were playing Halo together. Uh, we were both in Halo 5 and then Halo 5 was single player. And we're like, ah, <laughs> come on. So that ended our, our <laughs> Halo games together. Uh, near, I couldn't get past, like, I got out in the desert, got stuck. Um, <laughs> uh, Zelda, okay. I got through Zelda. Um, the Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Oh, and, such a good game. Um, my son's time, getting through college. that. My, my wife was really, when she was in college, Zelda was the big thing. Oh, um, yeah. Ocarina so of she, Time and Majora's Mask. And, she got us into it when, um, later. And yeah. uh, we got the Nintendo and phew, we had a lot of fun with Zelda. Yeah, so Zelda is one s- that I have played. Diablo 3 I've played. Oh, gosh. Playing, um, this is a fun one. <laughs> so, uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, it's a fighting game. My character was Algol. Um, Soul, Soul Calibur. Calibur. Yeah. <laughs> oh, came in there. I got it. My, my brain still works. So playing Soul Calibur. Yeah. Um, because I'm in it, great. My son's five or six, I don't know, little. And we're playing, and he's kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> great. What he then would do is take whatever character I had just played. Yeah, and he beat your ass with that one. Beat you with that character <laughs> and beat me with it. <laughs> and he was totally innocent, and he didn't mean to be pushing my buttons. But that's like one of the only times I've ever yelled at my, <laughs> my son. It was like he he uh, and it's a funny story, and he's not too traumatized by it, I don't think. But it was just oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was just rubbing salt in that wound. Is there any part of anime, because you, you have this strong connection to sci-fi, and anime is so heavily influenced in that. Is there any part of anime that you have related to over the years or any specific anime that struck a chord with you? Not really that struck a, <clears throat> struck a particular chord. Um, I mean, you 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 delve as, as, as wholeheartedly as you can into whatever world... Um, you're, you're given. And, uh, so for that, you know, session, that's really, you know, you're really concentrating on that. Uh, and so 
you know, identify with it. You certainly, you know, that's that's your world. That's your yeah. universe for that time. Part of it yeah, is difficult because we only see a very small portion of the finished product when yeah. we're working on it. Um, typically, in a booth, you only have your lines. Sometimes you'll get fed lines by the director, or they'll have the recorded lines of the actor before you and around you. Um, and so you can get some kind of a pre-roll and act off of another actor, which is great. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's very much in a vacuum. Um, and you are getting explained a rather complicated anime plot. <laughs> <laughs> complicated <laughs> anime <laughs> plot? Now, you know, I've say. never heard of that. <laughs> and bleach come to mind of like, okay, let's just bring it down to, do I like the person I'm talking to or do I not like them? <laughs> because the Soul Eater thing and there's all sorts of stuff happening and I, okay. Um, do, you ever, do you ever get surprised anymore by, by plots that get oh, yeah. thrown at you? Oh yeah, there's stuff that happens. When I was doing, um, uh, well, uh, uh, Digimon. One of the first uh, roles I did, big roles I did, and that was Oikawa, and he was this villain, and he was awful, and he was horrible. And then the demon came out of his mouth, and he was no longer. And he was a nice guy. And it's like, whoa, turn around! <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Um, and uh, same sort of thing in in uh, Gonkatsuo, the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, he's possessed by some alien. And yeah. That comes out of him and this parasite or whatever it was. Uh, so there are things that happen all the time. Sometimes the director knows, uh, and they just choose, choose not to tell you so that you don't foreshadow anything. Right. Uh, because sometimes if you tell the actor, the actor will like, ooh, now I know I have this information, and I'm going to put it in there somehow. Uh, and, they, <laughs> and other times, it's because it's coming over so fast, they don't even know. Yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah. Okay, I know that you thought this happened, but this is happening, and now you're that. And you're like, what? <laughs> how did that happen? Um, so there's lots of surprises that still happen. Yeah. Oh man, oh. it's been it's been awesome uh, getting to know you, talking to you, and uh, uh, getting some of your insights, man. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe when things open back up, we can we can try to get you, yeah. you know, catch you at a, a con in Ohio, and or maybe we'll just reach out in a year and get a. One year later. There we go. <laughs> where are they now? Yeah, where, where are, are they, they now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, Take it easy, night. You too. Take it easy. See ya. And there it is, guys. Jameson Price. What, a, yeah. what an amazing guy. He fit everything we we wanted out of all of our interviews and everything. You know, he's the nerdiest guy. He's humble. He had great advice. He was just super fun to talk to. And, uh, you know, we're still working on more. We love this series and we love doing the interview series. So, yeah. And as always, Johnny Young Bosch, we're, we're available. <laughs> yeah. You know, Johnny, we're, we'd we're love available. to talk to you, man. I know you watch the stream. Obviously. I know you watch. <laughs> and and we're, we're just waiting. Like, you, you don't have to, you don't have to, you, you can just ask. Yeah. Yeah. Just reach out to us and, and, right, yeah. and you can do so on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 2DAP2020. You can email us at 2DAP2020 at gmail.com. Our YouTube is, you guessed it, 2DAP2020. And you can comment on the videos. Just just go on there. I know you got your personal account and you can just let everybody know. At 2DAP2020. 2DAP2020.com at gmail.com. No. Dot com. W, 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 
W. W. Next time on Two Dads and a Podcast. Next time we will be doing our top five, count them, one, two, three, five, Final Fantasy playable characters. Yes. Now this is obviously in celebration for, I, I forget. What, Final what Fantasy 7's 25th anniversary. There we go. Uh, damn, that's an old game. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we, we didn't this week because I, I want to let my rest, vo- my rest voice a little bit. <laughs> um, I want to let my voice rest a little bit more. So not as much conversation this week for you guys. I also want to try and kind of get our orders and thoughts and uh, get our forward sentences. Yes. Well, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. See you next time. All you podcast listeners.